0: Thanks for tuning in to your Day Off Podcast, hosted by your boys Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, they are going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your Day Off Podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors.
1: Introducing Norm self-checkout for all! Do you often find yourself in a tizzy with a credit card reader? Or perhaps tiptoeing around tipping etiquette? Maybe even paying scandalously steep card-not-present fees? Norm is here to solve it all! Think of Norm as payment simplified. No card reader for you, no wallet for your client. Instead, patrons pay and tip you straight from their phones! Checkout details are carried through the ether by either a text message or QR code. Your client receives a notification and pays with their previously saved card details. All they have to do is add a grand, luxurious gratuity. And all available with one low rate as a part of Schedulicity Pay. Try Norm Self Checkout for All. Safe, secure, and shockingly simple. Find out how using Norm can increase tips, speed up payment, and free you from unreliable card readers all at one low rate. Visit paywithnorm.com.
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Thanks for tuning in to your Day Off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your Day Off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors.
2: Hey, community day off my name is corey of course i sit with my best friend Tom. what's up buddy what's going on player hey man so uh today is a huge day in podcast history at least our podcast history because uh after uh i don't know a year and a half or so we're we're actually uh you know doing a live event out of the studios our first out of the studio day certainly since uh, since the beginning of COVID, since uh california right
3: yeah california was our last gig uh live and
2: you're right this is our first gig since then live uh it feels good it feels it feels actually pretty amazing. So well, let me let me pre forget or pre apologize to anybody that's listening in. We're probably going to make some mistakes today because it's literally been a year and a half since we've done this live and in person. So uh, you know, please please forgive any mistakes that you know we're sure to make.
3: I got to get used to you spitting on me again,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, so uh, today we are uh, we're live at a, at Bella Bethesda Hair Salon um, in in well Bethesda Maryland. So we're going to talk to uh, the owner of Bella Bethesda. His name is Demetrius Baffetus. This guy. Did I did I mess <laughs> it up again? Yeah, Baffetus. Baffetus. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it someday. So um. So well, he he always messes yeah. up last yeah, name. No, so I, yeah. I get to bust his balls. He likes it a lot. Befetis.
4: After after uh, working with Corey, I know, and knowing for, uh, him for years.
2: <laughs> so all right. So the cat's up. out of the bag <laughs> a little bit. So uh, So yeah. So um. I did work with Demetrius. We we worked side by side for a few years, and then um and then he took over this salon, and it's a uh, it's a L'Oreal Redken Elite Salon. Um, you've got to see it. It's absolutely gorgeous. We'll try to put down some pictures um um for it as well. But... He's a
3: whole lot nicer than you say he was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see anything that you're you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: yeah, he's a nice guy, man. <laughs> we'll get into that. We can't. Well, actually, we can't get into those stories. That's However, a... um, uh, we're here to talk to him today, and uh, you know, he, he he's had quite the journey in the industry he he's he's reached the uh industry in a little bit different way than, than most but uh and i can't wait to tell that story uh, it's it's always been a uh, a cool story for me um
4: that he has
3: yeah and, and like you said uh earlier about you know an elite salon he's the salon has been at some of the highest levels that where most salon owners would love it's, it's a dream to get to the levels where he's been but even his journey to be a hairdresser and being a salon owner is pretty interesting. So I, I can't wait to get into to that story as well.
2: I, I'm, I'm going to kind of like come back on what you teased a little bit. So in pre-talk, um, uh, uh, Demetrius was talking about how like he has first year hair hairdressers or hairdressers that are just out of f- uh, school for the first year or the first two years. And they're already in his salon making six digits. Like, they're already, like, bringing in the money, you know? Right. Now, you know, we'll, we'll get into that because I I, I kind of, the, the, the follow-up.
4: That's pre-COVID, hopefully. That's pre- coming, <laughs> yeah, well, it's coming back. It's, it's coming, coming back. It's coming back slowly. Yeah. All right, cool.
2: So, uh, so Mr. Demetrius Bufitas, welcome to your day off. Almost uh, said welcome back, but that's yeah, a whole no, other story.
4: Yeah, it is. No, I appreciate it, guys. It's, uh, you know, it's exciting to be with you guys. I, you know, thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, obviously, I'm a big fan of the show. And, I uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here.
2: Well, seriously, thank you. Thank you for bringing us into the salon and, uh, you know, thanks for making this happen.
4: Absolutely.
3: So let's get to uh, the first question where we start most of our podcast. Where
4: are you from? So I kind of have a unique situation. So, um, so I'm, I'm 41, I'll be 42 in September. Uh, you know, I, I was born here in the DC area, uh, by, uh, parents, both, uh, Greek immigrants, uh, you know, I'm the youngest of four, and I was born nine years after, you know, the, the third. So I was probably an extra glass of wine. I always joke around. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I was born in 79, and in 80, my parents moved back to Greece. So along with, obviously, me, the baby, and you know, my, my three older siblings. Uh, so from that point on, honestly, I, I really have to sit down and think uh my life has been back and forth back and forth between uh, the u.s and greece between the u.s and greece so um the most part of my yeah, it's it's truly about half and half it's kind of weird (laughs) but it was never like oh you know 10 years here and 10 years there it was like two years here three years there Five years here, two years there. Just it's so a, you're truly
3: both an American and
2: correct in, yeah, in correct.
4: Greece. Yeah, so I know I'm fortunate enough. Obviously, I'm, you know, I'm fluent in Greek. I mean, I went to school there and uh you know read, write the whole thing. So yeah,
2: were you the only one that was born in the U.S.?
4: No, no, they They were all born in the U.S. So my parents moved here in '67. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, my first brother was born in '68. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, next brother '69, and my sister '71. Boom. And I, I and was born in 79. 79. Yeah. The extra glass of wine. The extra glass of wine. There. So my parents were a bit older when they when they had me. Right. So, yeah.
3: so you hear two older brothers are the same age yeah, as yeah. us. <laughs> so age he as says here. that all the time. 68, 69. Yeah.
4: You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. So no, I definitely knew that. And with Corey as well. I mean, obviously, um, you know, when we started working together, when he, when he came from uh, Partners uh, to Bella, uh yeah i definitely looked at him like uh like i'd looked at my brothers uh absolutely i think we have a close relationship like that and i obviously have you know definitely somebody i look up to thanks brother yeah, I, don't know, I, right. don't know, I don't know if he knows that but i do no no no, no. <laughs> yeah, i appreciate that man you have to take over i'm a little busted <laughs> <Yeah>. now <laughs> yeah
2: that's awesome. So, um, okay. So a part of the story that I want to get into, which is, which is crazy to me is, is that before you got into the hair industry, you were actually a professional basketball player. Yeah. No. <laughs> which trips me out, man, yeah. because I don't know if I've talked to, we talked to Matt Sweeney and Matt Sweeney <laughs> played college football, right? Like he didn't he play at like Arizona or something. So he played like big time college football but then he got hurt in like his freshman year or something and then got got found the industry. But, sure. but, uh, I think you're the first pro athlete yeah, that we've, <laughs> uh, that, that, that we've talked to that's
4: gotten into the industry. It, it's, yeah. I mean, it's something obviously that I don't, you know, well, one, I obviously was not in the NBA or, or anything like that or anywhere near it. I, I played pro ball in Europe, uh, primarily in Greece, uh, for, for a few years. Um, you know, obviously when, you know, when you first look at me, you know, I'm five, nine, uh, but, you know, on a good day, on a good day, you're five nine. Dinner, <laughs> I put two socks on. That. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm five nine, um, and uh, you know, uh, I did play basketball. It was my life up until probably my early to mid twenties. Uh, you know, it was a roller coaster of a ride. Uh, mm-hmm. Great memories, uh, and you know, I think it really uh I was obsessive about basketball and obsessive about training uh and it it i think it really kind of set the the groundwork for my professional career in regards to you know folk- laser focused uh, dedicated you know practiced uh so on and so forth um you know throughout the basketball journey i mean you know early on I think from the time I was eighteen to twenty one I had four surgeries uh, all orthopedic surgeries, Mm uh, which, you know, kind of, you know, deteriorated my, uh, my playing days. So I think the last year I played, I think I was, the last year was 2004. And the reason I remember that it was, uh, it was a 2004 election, uh, with, uh, uh, and I was actually in Ireland at the time playing ball there. So that's kind of why I remember. So right. yeah, that was the last year I played professionally. Wow. Um, in the meantime, throughout my injuries, so on and so forth, uh, you know, when I was here, you know, because I was out for the season, uh, I had I went to barber school. because uh, It was something that I was always interested in and, you know, kind of. Cause I wasn't going to play for the Lakers. Right. So <laughs> I kind of, you know,
2: Le- LeBron bumped you out.
4: Yeah. No, I kind of, I kind of had a, always had an in, interest in the industry uh-huh. starting from my days in Greece as a kid. My, um, my brother-in-law uh, owns a little salon in there. So as a kid, I was always in there and I, I always kind of liked it. You know, my brother-in-law I you know I looked up to him. It was cool. He, he dressed well and right. you know, the whole thing. So, uh, you know, I always kind of had an interest in it. And then I was like, you know what? Why not go to barber school? And that, you know, I, I wasn't really thinking about getting into the, the women's side of it. Just
2: the barbering. Yeah. So did you, um like when you were, you did that like in between injuries and stuff, did you right. go back and did you do any of the guys' haircuts in the, in the locker rooms or yeah, anything? Yeah. We yeah. did a
4: lot of that. Yeah. Cause we
2: hear a lot about like, I, I actually wasn't, was it Sweeney? Somebody was cutting hair like in the locker room of like, uh for the football team or something. Yeah, no, and,
4: like, I, d- I definitely did that. Uh, I've cut, yeah, in the locker rooms and, obviously, teammates, you know, apartments, so on and so forth. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did. That was pretty cool.
2: That's pretty yeah. – and if you messed up, they let you hear it, didn't they?
1: Yeah,
4: pretty much. I mean, the good thing is most of those guys have, like, pretty short hair. So like,
2: did your brother-in-law, like, won't you come work
3: with
4: me? Yeah, no, that was always the idea. Uh, and, actually, he kind of like, you know, hey, you should go to, to hair school, you know, kind of – Uh, Yeah. So that was always kind of the idea that I would go work with him, but it just kind of really never happened. And it's probably best that it didn't, Uh, you know, working with family. I do have some experience in that and I'm I'm very close with both of my brothers, but uh, we've gone into business, a different venture. Uh, I'm, you know, very into wine. Uh, So yeah, we, we have like a, had an importing distribution business with wine. So again, working with family didn't work out at the end and, you know, lost some money, but what can you do? Did, did you lose your, did you
2: lose your brothership?
4: No. So that's the good thing. That's right. the good thing. We, it, we put that aside and, and, uh, no, that's the good thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just money. Family. Yeah. Family is,
4: uh, it is tough though. Working with family. Yeah. Yeah. There's
2: no doubt. Yeah. That's crazy. So after, so when, when did you decide that you were going to do women's hair? So
4: at the time, actually, uh, you know, some point in my early twenties, um, my brother was dating uh, a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. One of my brothers, uh, whom I won't mention her name, I don't think, but I I think she worked with you guys uh, at Partners. Uh, I mean, great girl. I just you know, I always I don't want to call her out. Um, <laughs> and you know, she was like, you know, you should really get into women's hair. We really get into women's hair, you know. I, so I you know I kind of went in Partners. <laughs> And you know, I kind of shadowed her for a day and yeah, I went to hair school the rest of history. <laughs> the rest of <is> history. <laughs> yeah, I kinda of felt I mean it was much cooler. Or no, it was sanctuary. Sanctuary, right, part. right, right. Uh, it was much cooler than being I was at like an old school little barber shop, you know, a little old Greek guy, you know, uh, which was a lot of fun. But you know, obviously going in a sanctuary like, oh, you know, this right. th- this is it, right? You know, you saw the beautiful people and the energy. Uh, and the vibe and, and all There was that. a lot of energy at Sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, it was a energy, I mean, You guys know more. I mean, I, I mean, I just, yeah, but it was really cool. Yeah, it was yeah, really cool. cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. But how many of us have found the industry because it was really cool, right? I mean, I think that's kind of... Well, with us, what happened was we actually had a, a, a housemate who was a hairdresser. And, like, he was cool. And, you know, he brought cool people home and stuff.
4: Well, I, my, my brother also used to hang out with one of your coworkers a lot. Um And... You know, i would see i saw him uh-huh. and you know i dressed to the nines and at the time he drove a porsche so i'm like this guy cuts hair and he <laughs> drives a porsche drives a porsche so i was like yeah, yeah so i was sold <laughs> yeah. right yeah, yeah i think that's how a lot of us are sold too right yeah, like, oh yeah. you can
2: not only do you do this and it's really cool but you could actually make real money yeah of,
4: you, no, no, you can well, make real no that, that that's the thing obviously you know I, uh, we work in an industry that where you can change lives Uh, you're, you're so influential. Obviously you're with clients from, uh, you know, with, in their marriage, uh, you know, they have a baby, a loss of a loved one, you know, so, you know, we touch their lives so much. I mean, it's definitely a beautiful thing.
3: Yeah, Yeah. We did like a little, little commercial, not really a commercial, but a little, little skit about that. Like a PSA thing. Yeah. How, uh, you know, we're, we're in their lives. In every aspect.
4: Absolutely. Now we're, I mean, obviously I know we hairdressers always joke around about this, but obviously we're, we're psychologists without the PhD. (laughs) So whether we like it or not, whether we like it or not, but yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, that's pretty cool. So how did you, um, so you, you were working in the salon and then, um, you know, what prompted you, did you always want to get into salon ownership? Cause I know like every, yes. every person that left hair school was like, I'm going to own a salon,
4: you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I think, um, like I said, it, it kind of started with basketball. I was very driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, I mean, uh, definitely entrepreneurial, uh, from the get go. I think at a young age, I, you know, I, you know, I wanted something bigger. I wanted to grow every day. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah definitely wanted to make uh, money there's no question about that but yes I, I from day one yes i wanted to to own uh, multiple salons and hopefully that that's the goal uh one day but definitely uh.
2: that's pretty cool so how did you uh how did you come about like kind of tell that story about how you came about um you know owning owning this because when I worked here two sisters owned it yep and then um essentially you bought out both sisters and 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 Correct. And, and you know bought, bought out the whole thing but there's a little hiccup there in the middle, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so a couple a of years ago, you, uh, you you guys were in the middle of a renovation,
4: and then and then and and, 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 and uh, God had to put a mirror in your face. Yeah, no, we we uh, I definitely had a, a major hiccup, but I'll get into that. Um, so I started working at Bella as an employee. Uh,
2: was this the first salon
4: that you worked at? Did you go no, from like no, the barbershop no. to here? No, no, no. I worked uh, before this. I worked at a salon that was uh, very influential in and in, in my you know, career as a hairdresser, uh, a salon that, you know, unfortunately no longer exists it's called Perez. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I started out. Uh, there were a Redken Elite uh, Salon they were a Redken right? Elite Salon, and that's kind of when I got the the Redken bug. Uh, they were a Redken Elite Salon. They, um, you know, used what then was uh, KRS. Uh, which is now summit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of really got me into uh, planning and which I, I owe, you know, my career as a stylist and an owner to that whole system and process. Shout out to Michael Cole, shout out to Michael Cole and, you know, Glenn Baker and all those guys, that debit man, my, uh, uh, you know, she's obviously our everything. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, so I started working. So after I left Perez, I briefly went to Georgetown, uh, worked at a salon very briefly—I don't know, six months, if that—and then uh one of my coworkers who's still here called me up and she's like, "Hey, you know, I'm at a new salon. Uh, we literally just opened. This is back in 2007. Uh, you know, do you want to come work here?" So I I came. I interviewed with the two sisters, and yeah, uh, I liked it. And you know, it was it was much different than it is today. Obviously, you know, it was a brand new salon. Right. You know, there's not a lot of traffic. You obviously you guys know what it takes to to, to build one of these things. And yeah. uh, they you know, they did a magnificent job. There's no no question about that. Yeah. Uh but I started here as an employee back then, yeah.
3: Did you ever consider like with all your PR and partner's connections when uh, you got out of school, like yeah, with yeah. your friend? And yeah, yeah. You ever, did you ever thought about going
4: <sighs> Yeah, I did actually. I did. I, I interviewed uh i believe at metro center uh and i can't i I don't know whatever happened i don't know why i didn't go that route but yes back then you know i thought partners was cool you know obviously they were in the whole tony and guy thing and the uh you know i thought that was great you know but but yeah i interviewed at metro center i just i yeah i can't i honestly don't remember why i went a different route uh i think at the time i also interviewed at perez and i you know i kind of liked that vibe a little bit more right but that's about it but they, uh, that gets worse it gets worse
3: is me in, in the sense of uh, remembering and you're only <laughs> you're 42 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your memory wait, wait wait no t- <laughs> it, it
4: gets worse brother it, does. <laughs> it really does it does it does, it does. It does. No. <laughs> um so long story short um you know through through the years uh like like Corey said two sisters owned it uh you know an, an opportunity came and you know one of the sisters said hey you know what um, you know, offered me her, you know, piece of the pie. And, you know, i you know, it was something I've always wanted to do. And I, I, I jumped on it and, uh, you know, for the next several years, I was partners with, uh, you know, uh, the other sister. Um, and then we'll kind of fast forward to, uh, <laughs> August 1st of, uh, 2019. Uh, so yeah. So basically we, you know, uh, my partner and I, uh, you know, closed down the salon. Obviously, 2019 for us was uh, very difficult because we, we originally closed down the salon for a couple of weeks to be renovated uh, late December of 2018 into January of 2019. Uh, literally, the night we before we were supposed to start, one of the permits didn't go through. And long story short, we didn't start. So, basically, we... So, clo- you were closed for three weeks. We closed for three weeks, which was... a. It, wishful thinking to think we could do a total gut job in three weeks, but that's what the contractors told us. That's what we thought. Um, during that time uh, it was kind of cool. We, we went to the, I guess the last Redkin symposium. So we, we took the staff there, which we had planned. So that was kind of cool. Um, but that said we were closed uh, and no renovation happened. It was then rescheduled to uh, you know, July of uh, 2019 again, we thought January, we thought July, August, obviously slower months in the DC area, you know, the half the city's out of town. So I would assume in a lot of cities, but, um, so we closed down in July. Uh, and I don't know, a few days before the, the, the job was complete August 1st, of 2019, I'm in my backyard doing a little bit of yard work. Uh, and I worked out and, you know, i you know, I started feeling awful. Uh, you know, broke out in a sweat, huffing and puffing, just super fatigued. Uh, long story short, I had a heart attack at thirty nine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's how. That's kind of how you know that went. Um, and, for, but,
2: and for a little history, like your dad had a heart attack at a young yeah, age. it's, too, it's right?
4: definitely into all those lists, and obviously, um, you know, uh, genetics are, are a real thing. Um yeah my father died at fifty six of a heart attack. You know, I was only fifteen when my dad died, but you know, looking back on it, you know, my dad smoked a couple packs a day, ate like crap. I mean, you could say he didn't help the the issue, but you know me personally i you know I've worked out i you know I would say I eat pretty well i mean I you know, would I cheat here and there, sure, but for the most part. No, oh, no. I
2: mean, I've known yeah. you for years. I mean, yeah. you've always had a pretty clean diet. and, and You know, aside yeah. from the 12 glasses of wine at night, you know. Well,
4: wine's good for the heart. No, it's not- <laughs>
0: <laughs> It is, it
4: is. Is it
2: leftover
3: wine from uh, the yeah. business? Yeah, 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 yeah. I still have a lot of that. Sure. <laughs> um,
4: no, no. Uh, even now, I know my cardiologist. I, obviously, I you know, I don't drink daily or anywhere near that. But, uh, but you know, the cardiologist says absolutely a couple of glasses of wine is fine, which makes my day. and uh, So that, that, that's good. But, but yeah, what happened is I, I, you know, in no way, shape or form did I think I was having a heart attack. I never collapsed or passed out or anything like that. Uh, but I called, uh, one of our clients here who who's a cardiologist and this, you know, essentially the guy saved my life. But, um, you know, I said, you know, this, this, and then and he he goes, ah, you know, I don't He's like you're young. I don't think so. But he's like, I right, just, you know, come into the office and I'll, uh
1: i'll check you
4: you out so i said sure i mean i didn't even know where his office was it was down it was in dc so coincidentally his office is in washington hospital center which in our area is you know the premier cardiac uh you know hospital so you know i kind of lucked out there so i get in my car i drove downtown you drove yourself i drove myself yeah so there was a point. There was a point in time. I was driving downtown, and I, I felt like crap. I mean, and at that point, I was getting all the symptoms: the you know, arm pain, chest pain. And uh, I remember I was on New Hampshire Avenue at a traffic light, and I was I was shortness of breath. I had to roll down the window. I had my head sticking out the window, <laughs> <laughs> head sticking out the window to get, catch my breath. Whoa. Uh, So nonetheless, I you know I drove. I go up in his office, and. uh, you know, the nurse comes in, whatever, yeah, checks my vitals. So obviously, my blood pressure was elevated, which actually that used to happen or still does. I, I get really nervous, embarrassingly enough, when when I when my blood pressure is taken. But, um, you know, they do an EKG. Then the doctor comes in and is like looking at the EKG, looking at me, looking at the EKG, looking at me. He's like, hold on. So, you know, he, he leaves the office.
2: He don't say a word to you, he just leaves. Just just yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll just, be, back I'll in be a sec- right
4: back. And uh, you know, actually the the doctor's office, you know, he had a little window in the uh in the door. Some do, some don't. So I saw him talking to three uh two. So uh, two of his colleagues. So it was three cardiologists looking at the EKG, looking back at the, <laughs> <laughs> the doctor So I'm like, you know, I'm like, what the hell are these guys talking about? So he comes back in and it's like yeah, he's like, you're probably not going to want to hear this, but uh, let's go downstairs. So I'm like, downstairs? Meaning the ER. Like I said, his office was in Washington right. Hospital Center. So I'm like, oh, man. He's like, yeah, we've got to run some more tests. Uh, obviously, at this point, he knew I was probably having a heart attack. Uh, so he's like, uh, he's like, let me get you, a, you know, one of the nurses get you in a wheelchair. I'm like, wheelchair? I'll, I'll, just, I'm right. I'm right. I'll just walk. I'll run. He's on the- I'll just walk. And... Uh, Anyways, uh, I did walk. I mean, the, the uh, nurse walked me down and went to the ER. Obviously, they, you know, uh, ran some more tests. And, you know, about an hour and a half after that, uh, you know, they wheeled me in. Um, at The cath lab put a, you know, a catheter through my groin. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to, uh, you know, be able to, to have a stent put in. I had a, a one artery, uh, full blockage. Whoa. a Stent was put in and uh you know they didn't have to open me up or anything from that point on um everything was good news because i i didn't have any damage to my heart you know a month later i was at the gym uh, wow. uh a week and a half later i was at work
2: were you nervous to work out the first time
4: yeah no question no question uh but honestly i mean this morning i got up i ran five miles uh, oh, wow and you know I, I work out pretty hard i'm you know, a friend of mine asked me the other day. He's like, "Hey, how you feeling?" I was like, "You know what? I feel great." Uh, right. And in a weird way, I get nervous saying that, saying that, because I'm like, I I forget that I had a heart attack. Obviously, look, I'm monitored now. I, I go to the doctor often. I I definitely watch my diet now. I, I work out more. Uh, and I, I honestly, I see it as a blessing. Yeah, uh, I see it as a blessing because if if that didn't happen to me then you know i could have it could have been like you know four or five years later or whatever and, boom. and i had that big one and uh you know been gone so hey
2: before that day i want to take you back a little bit yeah, so yeah. before that day that you were doing yard work was there any signs were there any symptoms anything that you can be like oh maybe that was it or anything
4: you know what no uh and you know the doctors kept asking me that and uh no 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 and uh you know for the record obviously I was, uh, you know we were talking about this uh i went to dinner with for the first time uh, out with uh, some friends, which was liberating. Obviously we're all vaccinated. (laughs) uh, That's a very cool thing. Uh, and you know, I was, yeah, everybody wants to know the story and no, I mean, that, that's basically, I didn't know. I didn't have any symptoms. Now generally people do, there are warning signs, but you know, what I can say is, you know, definitely get your annual physical, get your blood work. I mean, you know, there, there there's signs that are there. And then, You know, obviously, if it's genetic, you know, maybe ask your doctor, get on a stress test, you know, every now and again, that's probably not a bad idea. But I remember when I went to the hospital, the ER doctor comes in, and I can honestly say this, and this goes back to my basketball days. You know, the only alcohol I drink is wine, I I, I do enjoy wine. Uh, I've never done drugs. Uh, But the doctor at the hospital was like, what are you on? <laughs> I was like, because, you know, in the midst of this, I was probably, I was having a lot of anxiety. My heart was beating through my chest, the whole thing. He's like, come on. I said, nothing. And he's like, "He comes back and he's like, all right, he's like, you know, we're going to find out. I was like, yeah, nothing, you, you will, nothing. So that that was kind of the joke. Because obviously he sees uh, the doctor saw a young, the ER doctor, you know, a young guy in there. He's like, you're this guys on something. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, was kind of a funny joke. I guess I was <laughs> <with my> husband. <laughs> so was, scared. Were, were you in the out.
3: middle of the uh, renovation here?
4: Yeah. Yeah. We were in there. Look, stress didn't help. There's no question. Stress didn't help. What, what several cardiologists, not, not only, you know, mine who saved my life, but several cardiologists in the hospital told me, they said, look, obviously the it's mainly genetics. The stress did not help, but it didn't cause it. Uh, Kind of how they kind of call it is I kind of had a perfect storm in my body and you know had a heart attack something broke off like a you know piece of uh you know calcium in my arteries or whatever and got lodged in my uh uh one of my arteries and had a heart attack
2: wow so yeah. so what genetically what what do your blood markers say?
4: I mean, now, yeah, now my blood works perfect. Obviously, you know, I, I'm very careful. Like I said, I, I take my meds. Uh, you know, we were just saying before the show at 39. And that, that was something I had to put aside. I had a you know, because I took pride in my health, this, that, and the other. And in mean, no way, shape, or form am I, am I anti-meds or anything like that. But, yeah, from taking no meds to taking a handful of meds now, it's like I I, I hated that for, like, the first six months, having to rely on meds to you know what keep me healthier alive mm-hmm. but yeah that, i don't know it's second nature now how did you um so you were you were kind
2: of a new dad at that time
4: yeah at that time my um my son i have a two beautiful uh little boys nico and marco uh not Ni- very greek at all no well yeah nico's <laughs> named after my father and marco's named after my uh father-in-law who's not greek but we his name is Mark. So just- but we we Greco it a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greeko-fied it. Yeah, exactly. So so nonetheless uh at the time uh yeah I had you know Nico was a year and a half old. Uh and uh, as soon as my cardiologist said that uh I'm you know free to uh have more kids. Uh if you know what I mean. Obviously there was a, about a month period where I I, I had to refrain from activity. Right. Uh, but as soon as he gave me the green light, yeah, we, we uh got pregnant with my wife and had a second little boy, which was great.
2: That's awesome, man. Yeah. Wait, I mean, but how I, I I was trying to get to like like was he a part of like your thought pattern the whole time after the heart attack?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the the thing is like anyone who's lost a father, young I I lost my father at fifteen and you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I love my life. And uh, I've been very fortunate to have traveled. So, and for my finances, obviously, I, you know, I, I came from nothing. And, um, and don't get me wrong, I want to live to 100. And, and I plan on it. But honestly, at the end of the day, and I mean, you guys know this with kids and now grandkids, you guys. You know, I live for him and for my kids. I mean, it, like, I feel bad for him. So yeah, I mean, through that whole thing, you know, he's at the time now. I have two, obviously, but he was the only thing I was thinking. Of. And obviously, my wife and my family yeah. and my mother and all that. I, but you know, my son, yeah, it was like I I couldn't do that to him. Yeah, yeah. So. I
2: totally get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that. I totally get it too. I mean, we've had the conversation a couple of times, you know, on yeah. the podcast about how just like you're so like focused on that, you know, on on your kids and and, and everything that you do is a response to that
4: everything. Yeah. Everything. Yep. And I, you know, obviously we, you know, we learn to, to, you know, to be better fathers uh, every day, but yeah, I'm, I, you know, maybe obsessively cause I, I am obsessive, but my, you know, my focus is how to better his life when he's 20, 30, sure. 50, so on and so forth. And, and well, my son's life. So that, that is, I'm like laser focused on that. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's right. Nah, Maybe whatever. he'll be spoiled. I don't know. Yeah, who
2: know you know, who knows, yeah. you know, who, who knows, who knows It's right. Right. Yeah,
0: exactly.
4: You know, yeah. just, just lead yeah. with love. That's
2: yeah. it, man. Exactly. That's, that's the end of the day. That's what they need. Exactly. Um, okay. So you're in the middle of the renovation and then you, you guys finish up the renovation and then, you know, what kind of happened after that?
4: Yeah. So basically, uh, after the renovation, uh, and after, Which, my- by the way, it looks beautiful. Thanks. We're sitting in yeah. the, uh, in the, in yeah, the renovated thanks. salon now you know, after the renovation, um, you know, I was back at work, uh. You know, obviously having a, you know, your, your life flash before your eyes, it puts a lot of things into perspective. It puts a lot of things into perspective. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, uh, soon, very soon after that, uh, you know, my business partner and I, um, you know, decided to go our separate ways. huh uh, you know and after a negotiation process I ended up buying her out uh, and I been I think the deal was complete uh, October 9th 10th of 2019 so August 1st I had a heart attack <laughs> in the middle of a remodel um, you know we decided to part ways uh, it, it was definitely a tough two months there's no question about that but so I really
3: tested the heart because we're now yeah, i got a stress <laughs> test. I, got a, I got a stress test
4: uh, but no I'm thankful like you know in february i um you know I went into my cardiologist uh I did the works you know stress tests, uh, nuclear stress tests that go cardiograms you know the whole thing and yeah, I mean he basically said if I didn't know you had a heart attack, I wouldn't be able to tell to tell that's good yeah that's That's good good i guess guess that's good that's great (laughs) And in march you get your heart gets tested again when we get shut down for yeah no no it's been a roller coaster obviously the the health issue the you know the you know the buyout of uh my partner and then boom seven eight months later the world uh shuts down wow but you know uh we're here we're healthy we survived so so from all through all those events was there a process
3: that you went through as far as like monetary, as far as saving for like, for the renovation, for the closure of a month? I mean, that's because, I mean, that's, you had, how many employees did you have?
4: I mean, give or take around 30.
3: Right. And, and I mean, how did you guys like plan financially for all that?
4: So, yeah, no, I, um, I've, you know, at the end of the day, I'm uneducated. You know, I got a high school education, um, but I've, always been good uh you know with finances uh so yes uh you know i I, we my business partner and i definitely planned uh we we saved up a lot of money for a couple years and uh you know uh, built out the salon we also uh took care of the staff when we closed and then you know uh paid them uh which i was very happy about uh because obviously at the end of the day it's not their fault that we shut down Right. Um, so that's yeah. pretty generous though, man. I yeah. mean,
2: like, I don't know how many, how many companies would actually do that. I think that they would like, yeah, you know, they would try to sell you like, well, we're shut down. It's better for you too. You know? Yeah. So,
4: <laughs> you yeah, but that's pretty well, generous. Yeah, I mean, look, pe- people have bills, but no, we, we definitely uh, saved for that. And I, I was always, like I said, good, good with finances and, and it put me in a situation for the remodel. It put me in a situation uh, when you know, I bought out my business partner because I, you know, I uh, thankfully I had the finances to do that. Um, it put me in a situation and the salon in a situation to survive COVID. Now, there's no question we we needed the the you know PPP loan, so on and so forth, and w- which helped tremendously. But um, we we were healthy prior to COVID, which you know, helped us right. come out. Uh,
2: I think the one thing, I mean, we've talked about it again on the podcast. We've talked about it with a bunch of people that, that moving forward, like moving forward, we're going to have to like, our money's got to be, got to be secure. Absolutely. Right? You know, like, like, like the people, this exposed everybody's finances.
4: You know what I mean? No, there's no question. Put it this way. I mean, there were, there was a point in time uh, in April when we were shut down and we didn't know anything. I mean, before the PPP loans and, and, you know, DC area. I mean, we were shut down. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, uh, there was a point in time. Yeah. Things got nasty financially. I, I looked, you know, I was, I pulled from here, pulled from there, pulled, yeah, I pulled everything, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, I looked at my wife and I said, uh, you know, we got a house in Greece. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> like I, yeah. Like I thought I was going to have to sell my house moving with my in-laws. I mean, not just me, but, you know, the staff, I mean, you know, through the whole closure, we, 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 we were, you know, always on zoom with the staff, phone calls, texts, emails. I, we kept in touch and, uh, you know, just kind of grinded through this and, you know, I honestly, you know, whether it was my heart attack, whether it was, uh, you know, the, the buyout with my business partner, uh, you know, I, I don't just say this, but, and it, it, at times it's a problem but the staff here is my family. Like, and what I mean, it's a problem is because I'm so close to the staff and, uh, and I owe everything to the staff that at times it makes it hard to be their boss when, when that's needed. But I think we have a policy here that at the end of the day, I think we're all adults. And that's what I say, you know, and everybody knows what they're doing. Uh, and I'll only speak to you if I have to, but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I definitely give them the freedom to, to, you know, be themselves and, uh, but, but they're, they're brilliant people, talented people. Sometimes right. I walk in here, uh, and I look at the chairs, look at the work and I'm like, man, damn. Yeah. So uh, besides that, I mean, they're, they're just ultimate professionals.
2: Yeah. that's pretty cool i mean yeah. and, and that's that. that's kind of rare too you yeah. know i think that u- ultimately you know we hear those stories too but you i mean i know like um since i left the salon like there there hasn't been much um turnover at all
4: no no i mean uh, and again i mean like i i think uh you know the previous owners also obviously did a, a magnificent job as well with that um but but no the turnover here has been super low i mean in, in fact stylist wise i you know i really Don't think we had any turnover. I mean, uh, it, it, at least since I've been owner, uh, we, which I know obviously volume, you left, especially <laughs> but, but now I wasn't owner then, <laughs> yeah. but
3: especially going through all those you know adversities and, and, and struggles and trials and nobody leaving that speaks volume of, of you in, in well, and the salon
4: itself.
2: It speaks volumes of trust, right? It speaks yeah. volumes of trust that the staff trust you and that, that
4: you well, I, yeah, I mean, I, the, I, I, you know, obviously. You don't know what the future holds. I don't want to sound overly confident, but me as an owner and at Bella, I know, and I, I've been in the business long enough to know what's out there. I know what the company offers. Uh, and I, I don't mean, oh, we offer 401k and health insurance and stuff like that. You do offer that, though. I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, free education. And I always tell people, like, if I send you to the redkin Exchange, I'm sending you the reading. I'm not saying, Oh, you got to save this, that you're going, your hotel's paid for your, you know, train gas if you drive or whatever is, is paid for. Um, but basically I know what I offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think I'm very confident that you know that the staff knows that as well.
2: I, so, but you know, I, I I'm going to challenge you on that a little bit, done. D, because I think that, um, I think that people don't know that, right? I think yeah. when people come in, they don't they don't understand that you, know, you always feel comfortable in your in your nest. You no, know. You do. And, you and do. But when you look out to the nest, you you'll, you kind of think, oh, there's something going on over there. Um, because I think like a lot of owners would would um a lot of owners would uh would uh
4: would, would see that. No, you're right. You know? You're right. Now, I, mean, I I kind of take that back from the aspect of um. And know, what I'm, I- what I'm saying is, you <laughs> offer a lot.
2: Yeah, you know, but I don't necessarily know if they know that you're offering a lot,
4: you know. No, a lot. No, a lot of them don't, especially the younger ones that know no different right. uh, than here. But at the same time, you know, I'd say I say I'm spoiled. If you could say that, I'm spoiled as well to to, to have such a you know great staff mm-hmm. to to be behind me 110 percent through the roller coasters of the past couple of years. Right. Uh, I have a false sense of reality as yeah. well. Like I was just saying that, you know, pre-COVID, and it looks. I mean, it looks like that light is coming, obviously here in DC, it came a little late for us. Uh, you know, we were a little more conservative with, with COVID from, you know, I guess you could say DC up to Boston and then to California, than they are in, you know, Atlanta or whatever. Um, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, March was productive. April was productive and may was the best month we've had in a year and a half. Um, but what I was telling you, yeah, pre COVID, a lot of these young people that come, then they work their ass off. But yeah, they're making close to six figures, uh, you know, in their early twenties, you know, not long out of hair school.
3: So, in the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about, you know, you're a Rick and Elite, some Elite Salon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has that been like the the foundation and the driving force to the systems
4: that yeah. you've guys created, or the 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 financial? So, like- there, so there's no question. I, you know, I. And, you know, my ultimate goal is to have an ecosystem of, of a handful of salons and, and hopefully a hair school uh, at some point. But honestly, me as a stylist behind the chair, uh, I owe my career uh, to Redken and L'Oreal and obviously Summit. Um, there's no questions that their systems, at least for me and my salon and my staff, um for me, that foundation and that partnership that we have, um, you know, whether it's education or what have you, uh, definitely uh, sets us apart. Uh, there's no question well, they work, right they work they're they work, they're proven and I uh, you know, if somebody's opening a salon, I, I strongly but you know whether I I know L'Oreal and actually I, I don't know any different, but I strongly, strongly recommend to partner, with a brand Mm -hmm. uh and you know move forward with a relationship Uh, yeah it's a relationship you know life's about relationships whether it's with your staff or with a brand i think once you partner with a brand then you know they can offer a lot more help uh to you and vice versa obviously
2: well i I certainly think i mean we've had we've had you know summit um guest on a lot on yeah the podcast. there was a time where like people thought we were sponsored by summit or something and I hey summit yeah I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, at
4: first i was like you were having everybody i was like hey, what's going on Corey? <laughs>
2: yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> well hey listen it's, tim it's, fisk was on every other week i know right so um but but listen we've had some people on summit summit just works, it works. you know like like it, it works and like if you follow it it, it works they, they, they've kind of dumbed it down for you you know
4: they have no they, they make it easy and uh you know there's accountability and Uh, it it, it works if you follow the system it works and there look there's always i I don't you know i I can't say i follow it obsessively i try to but you know there's always things for improvement but we meet with deb on a quarterly and she's like she's like your coach yeah yeah she's my summit coach deb McMahon who's brilliant Mm -hmm. uh and then obviously i have a close relationship with glenn baker as well he's always on the sideline for me i can you know shoot him a text or give him a call he was just in the salon uh, and talked to the staff, uh, uh, you know, what, a month or so ago. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I it, this, the systems work definitely. I mean, you, it, it's just it's a smart thing.
2: Right, right, right. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, I guess in November you're going down to Atlanta to uh, to meet with a buddy of ours, right?
4: So that that's that's the goal so i you know we still got to talk to our uh, our rep about that but um before covid uh, i've always wanted to meet him obviously i've heard him on your bo- podcast i've heard oh,
2: but just to throw things. in i mean like uh, we're talking about daniel mason jones yeah. so d's yeah, going to go down and talk to daniel mason jones or do cuz he does the what's that thing called
4: that he does it's like like a the a shadow, shadow program so, yeah. so before yeah. covid happened uh yeah we had booked everything we were going to go down there and do a shadow day i believe it was we had it booked for May and I believe it was for May of 2020 and obviously May 2020 it didn't happen. So now, uh, you know, our, uh, our, uh, salon centric rep is, uh, you know, trying to set that up again and I'm hoping to go down there in uh, November and be able to do that shadow day. Uh, if it's not November, hopefully we'll do it in the near future. But, you know, from what I've heard of him and from him, I mean, he's definitely, uh, you know, a leader in our industry and try to, you know, something I try to model our brand, uh, towards.
2: Well, you guys are both uh, crazy OCD. So you've got that in common. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. make sure when you first meet Daniel, that you give him a big bear hug squeeze.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, sure. He's fine with that. I'm fine with yeah. it. Oh, he's still so not going to be fine with that. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, oh, really? Okay. See, I don't know why. Is he, he's oh. sent you, he's sent you yeah, he sent you, you oh, off. Okay. So, uh, actually with uh with knock the other day you know i, I, I was knock uh, works here yeah knock actually who you, who's there you, huh yeah who, who <laughs> you you guys have worked with that uh, partners for years but yeah I, I text uh your old boss and he was like oh just tell him uh you got his number from cory yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but uh nonetheless that's crazy yeah awesome, man. but uh no i mean I you know I, i'm very happy uh to to be where we're at uh i'm beyond motivated for, for the future. I think, uh, COVID, uh, is going to, or has put a lot of things into perspective for us, uh, and really has changed our mindset as, as hairdressers. And also, uh, the, the clients, uh, mindset as hairdressers, whether it's, uh, you know, you know, the support of us, uh, you know, people come in here and be like, Oh my God, you survived. They, they, they admire that. I think the community has, uh, come a lot closer. I think COVID has brought a lot of good. Uh, You know, it's hard to to look at that, but I think COVID has brought a lot of good. It's brought perspective, right? It's it's brought perspective that we can take out and move forward, uh, I think, with it. But I'm I'm so excited for the future. Uh, I'm so excited for, you know, the salon here, expansion, Mm -hmm. my staff. Uh, Yeah, I'm just... Truly. Yeah. so anybody
3: listening if uh if you, if, if you ever wanted to come by if you're ever in the dc area swing by bella salon in bethesda maryland <laughs>
4: absolutely anytime yeah, yeah. yeah. i'd I mean, love to meet people i'm
2: uh I, i'm gonna predict that in a couple of years you're gonna be doing your own shadowing programs you're gonna be doing the dmj thing for uh, for other people hey, uh,
4: <laughs> Yeah. yeah no maybe yeah no no uh yeah no that'd be cool i've never really thought about that yeah there you go no but again i'm i'm, I'm blessed it, it, you know it, it's not me. We, we have systems in place that work. Uh, we have a team in place from, you know, the associates to the staff to, to a brilliant uh, managerial team that, you know, keep this thing ticking on a daily basis.
3: That's important. You just hit it from from the assistants to the staff to to the owner. They all are buying in to yeah. the system. And when you have everybody believing in something, great things happen.
4: I always tell them, I mean, I, I say, you know, we're, we're stronger together. We're better together than not. Yeah. Um, and you know, I truly feel that again, I, I've only known a team-based salon. Obviously I know there's a lot of trends out there with, with uh, been, been trends, right. With booth rentals and suites and, and so on and so forth. But I think the team, the brand, the atmosphere that we've built here attracts cli- new clients on, you know, on a daily basis, uh, you know, with minimal marketing, if you will. We, we've mm-hmm. built a brand, and I think we've built a brand. I, again, and you know, Corey knows, I mean, you know, when, when you walk in here, you know, pre-COVID, obviously, in the salon, was you just felt that energy, that I can't. It was describe. the clo-
2: we talked about sanctuary earlier. It it was the closest kind of thing to that. San- different energy than sanctuary, but as sure. far as like that that humping and pumping, or like early on in our career, like when we were at, at, at partners when 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 all those guys were in there, like there was just that. It was it was like a vibe or a buzz, you know. And I think that clients like the vibe and the buzz, you yeah. know.
4: And some I, I'd like to think they do. I know some don't. Obviously, mm-hmm. some want to probably maybe want a piece quiet of a, of a, a suite, but you know, I definitely think in as hairdressers as well, we, th- we thrive off each other and, and positive energy. And I think when you find that team based salon, in my opinion, that's, you know, goal oriented and it has systems in place. Not only because a lot of times people look at, Oh, I make 50%, 60%, 40%. Oh, I'm got a suite. I'm making a hundred percent. And I always say, I'd rather make 10% of a lot than a hundred percent of a little, but I'm, I'm, you know, with my staff, I'm, f- you know, fully confident from a financial perspective. They do very, very well, and I could compare them to, to any suite, uh, so to speak. Um, but I do think we thrive off each other. I think, you know, we bounce ideas off each other. Hey, you know what? Should I use 6NA on her, this, that, and the other? Right. And this is an environment, you know, where we are artists at the end of the day, and I think we we need that inspiration, motivation, motivation. Uh, and like I said, I walk in here, man. I see that she's doing great work over there. And that that inspires me. We right. need inspiration. And I think that's what the you know, that's that's one of the many things I think a team based salon offers.
2: That's awesome. So uh D, so real quick, uh what's your uh what are your Instagrams and all that good stuff?
4: Yeah, I mean how do people find you if they want to find you, if they want to chat you up? So yeah, at uh Bella Bethesda Salon. Obviously we're on Instagram, Facebook, uh you know, yeah. So that's it. Yep.
2: All right, so uh, so you know, like fill uh, uh, fill his DM box with uh, with, <laughs> with with DM that at Bella Bethesda Salon. Dude, dude, thank you for bringing us in. Thank you for hanging out with this. Um, Where uh, believe it or not, that was an hour went went by just like that, wow. which is which is crazy. Well, no, but
4: uh, man, I got a lot more things to say. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope we can do it again. We, we,
2: we'll do it again I anytime we, you want, brother. I buddy. hope <laughs> we can
4: do it again. No, I, I appreciate it, uh, guys uh had a lot of fun and i you know i hope we do it again i hope i did all right i was a little nervous <laughs> no, no, no no come on
2: you didn't have a heart attack nervous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. uh, all right
3: guys
4: thanks brother it, yeah. to
2: thank you. Cheers, thank you very much and thank you for joining us on your